0: Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day, and what you can do about it.
1: Now, the End Abortion Podcast, by Priests for Life.
0: Well, hello friends. Pro-Life Leader Frank Pavone here, Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our time of prayer and scripture reflection. I invite you to leave your prayer intentions in the comments, and we can delve into the Word of God and put ourselves in the presence of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, you have given us responsibility for our nation. You have given us responsibility as a people who governs itself, as citizens who can elect our leaders, And we ask you to help us to draw wisdom from your word when it comes to civil government. Draw wisdom from your word when it comes to our responsibilities as as citizens. Help us, Lord God, to always obey you first and to hold those who are in public office accountable to your word and to your law. Lord God, we ask forgiveness of our sins as we present the standard of your word to others. We always do so, starting with a spirit of humility and repentance from our own sins. Give us a new start again today. Give us new life in Christ. And may we proclaim him to the nations, who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Our reading today is from the first book of Samuel. Samuel said to Saul, Stop, let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Saul replied, Speak. Samuel then said, Though little in your own esteem, are you not leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king of Israel and sent you on a mission, saying, Go and put the sinful Amalekites under a ban of destruction. Fight against them until you have exterminated them. Why then have you disobeyed the Lord? You have pounced on the spoil, thus displeasing the Lord. Saul answered Samuel, I did indeed obey the Lord and fulfill the mission on which the Lord sent me. I have brought back Agag and I have destroyed Amalek under the ban. But from the spoil the men took sheep and oxen, the best of what had been banned, to sacrifice to the Lord their God in Gilgal. But Samuel said, Does the Lord so delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obedience to the commandment of the Lord? Obedience is better than sacrifice and submission than the fat of rams. For a sin like divination is rebellion and presumption is the crime of idolatry. Because you have rejected the command of the Lord, He too has rejected you as ruler the word of the Lord thanks be to God well brothers and sisters we see here again the hierarchy that God set up when it comes to civil government and to his own kingship we saw it when the people of Israel asked for a king And the initial objection, Samuel explained it to them in the name of the Lord, was that the king would become corrupt, that the king would not serve them but abuse them. And when finally, after the people's insistence that they would have a king, God said to Samuel, okay, grant them a king. And then he chose Saul, God chose Saul as as the first king. God reminded them, both you and your king have a king in heaven. Both you and your king must obey the Lord. Now, Jesus reiterated this this hierarchy, this structure, when he said, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is God's. What is God's is human life, and the people and their Caesar, whoever is in whatever office of public service, must serve the Lord. Okay, he violated it. Saul made a mistake. He didn't fulfill the command of the Lord here. You know, when we talk about God being God, we have to understand that He's sovereign. The Lord does whatever He wills, Scripture tells us. He's almighty. He doesn't need anyone. He doesn't answer to anyone. He's God. He made everything. He owns everything, including human life and every other kind of life. So in this situation... Again, the, the kings had to fight various battles and, and, and uh, he says, go and put the sinful Amalekites under a ban of destruction. Now, we don't have to get into the question of, oh, well, you know, that's not nice of God. Again, God is sovereign. The point here is the obedience of the earthly ruler to the heavenly ruler. And also we're going to see in a moment with relationship with the people. But the point is, God says, very simply here at the end, because you have rejected the command of the Lord, because he didn't destroy everything, in other words. Saul did not carry out the command of the Lord to destroy everything. He saved some of it. And then we'll get to the excuse in a moment. But because you have rejected the command of the Lord, the Lord has rejected you as a ruler. There's the formula at work. You can rule over the people as long as you're obeying the ruler of all. Authority over human beings, whether it's in civil government and the same applies to church government, is a borrowed authority. It's always subservient to the authority of the Lord, God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. It's always a participation in that authority and subject to him. It's never an autonomous authority. It is a, a secondary authority. It's a shared authority. Same thing, by the way, is true of parents. Parents have the primary responsibility over the, their children, but it's not an absolute responsibility. Parents cannot abuse their children. Parents cannot abort their children. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a stewardship that God gives us. So just as God gives parents a stewardship, over their children. God gives earthly rulers a stewardship. They are always answerable to him, accountable to him. Now, what makes it worse is that Saul tries to put the disobedience in religious terms. And we see earthly rulers doing this all the time where they claim to be believers and they say, oh, but I'm practicing my faith. He says, oh, but we saved these things because we wanted to bring them back to offer sacrifice to the Lord. And here's where... The response is, the Lord deems obedience more important than sacrifice. Let's go to the great psalm of repentance. And we see this theme, do we not, in Psalm 51, uh, where where the psalmist is repenting of sin. And he says, For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Obedience is the greatest sacrifice that we offer to the Lord day by day. There's another excuse that Samuel gives. Well, well, let's just finish this point. When you have public officials saying when they support things like abortion, oh, but I'm doing this in cons- consistent with my faith, it's the same kind of, of problem here. You don't dress up disobedience in religious language. You obey the command of the Lord, protect life. That's it. You don't get into theological discussions. You don't get into spiritual rationalizations. You don't say you're practicing your faith while you're disobeying the source of that faith. You obey. Now, when we go one more verse after this reading ended, we read, and uh, this is uh, 1 Samuel 15. If you go to verse 24, listen to what Saul says further. He says, I have sinned. Okay, he recognizes that. I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words. And then listen to this excuse. Because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Well, there it is. Public officials who want votes instead of obedience to God. I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Whose voice? Does a government authority have to obey? Well, you listen to the people, that representative government does mean that, of course, you know your people, you know the the things that they want to see implemented into law, but it's always gotta be one more condition. It's not just you listen to the people, period, amen, as if anything goes. You listen to the people, but then you always have the responsibility, as do they, to discern what is truly good. For the community, for the nation, for the family, for the human person. To discern what is truly good. With that in place, yes, you can say you're listening to the people, but here, he was listening to the people instead of the voice of the Lord. In other words, oh, my position here, yes, it might be right according to God's law, but it's unpopular. This is a good passage to... Contradict that particular trend or that particular temptation. We are celebrating in the United States today the Martin Luther King holiday. Alveda King is a member of our team at Priest for Life. She's a member of our board. she worked with us full-time for 16 years. Alveda and I have been proclaiming to this nation from coast to coast that the civil rights movement of today is the pro-life movement. Dr. King. And all those in the civil rights movement called on civil authority to obey the law of God when it comes to the rights, the dignity, the equality of every human being, one to another. That sacredness, as Martin Luther King said in his final Christmas sermon, of the human personality. If we believe in the sanctity of human life, he said, we won't kill anybody. We won't oppress anybody. It's always interesting each year how this uh, national holiday comes so close to the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, the most egregious violation of human rights in our history. Brothers and sisters, let's continue to call public officials to obey the will of the Lord, the command of the Lord. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You don't dress up your objections in religious language and you don't be listening to popular opinion if that opinion goes against the will, command, and law of God. Dr. King taught us this. He says, you don't do what's popular, you do what's right. And let's pray that the voters, especially now in this election year, will realize that the responsibility that the kings have, kings in the Old Testament, elected representatives in in our day, the responsibility that they have is reflected onto the voters as well we the voters have a responsibility to obey the command of the lord because we govern ourselves if we're electing our own representatives and then we're lobbying them and then we can fire them if they're not doing the job we want well then the burden is ultimately on us the responsibility is ultimately on us as voters to do the right thing and to vote not just because we like somebody or don't like the other person but because we're pursuing the command of the Lord and what is right and what is good for the nation and for our family. May we take from these readings the courage and the insight to live our citizenship in obedience to God and for the good of all. Amen. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this lesson And as you rejected Saul as king, may the voters reject those who similarly disobey your will. May the voters likewise reject those who would put their own opinion above yours, put their own will above yours, and not follow what is morally right. Lord God, we pray for victory in these elections this year, that what is truly good for our nation may indeed come about, we know that today the 15th of January we the caucuses begin in Iowa and so the primary season is fully underway. Give wisdom to the voters. Give wisdom to the citizens. Lord, also bless all the intentions and the prayer needs that all of us have, those we have voiced to you, those that remain in our hearts, fulfill our needs. Give wisdom, consolation, give guidance, give provision where it is needed. Answer all our prayers, which now we sum up in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. We pray to our heavenly mother, hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, friends, we are gearing up for the activities of this weekend. If you are going to the March for Life, join me at the National Prayer Service. Join Bishop Strickland. Come and meet him, Sister Dee Dee, and other honorees, Mark Houck, and Mark Lee Dixon, and many great leaders. Come join us on Friday morning at the National Prayer Service at Constitution Hall. Go to nationalprayerservice.com for the details. We'll talk to you soon. God bless you.
1: Hello, I'm Dr. Alvita King, board member of Priest for Life. More money is being spent in America to kill babies in the womb than to save them. Together, we need to change that, and today I want to invite you to support our work at Priest for Life. Why ours rather than other groups? Because we have a unique team that helps lead in every arena of the fight against abortion, and we activate the churches where you find people who are most likely to get involved in that fight. To awaken a pastor about abortion is to awaken thousands of people he serves. We do not receive church funding or government grants. We rely on you for individual donations. We have a very high evaluation among charities and top security on our donation site, ProLifeGift.org. You can go there for a one-time gift or to become a monthly donor, or you can call us at 321-500-1000.